Welcome to 10 Minutes, the Breakout Investor Podcast. Today we are doing an update on Quipt, ticker QIPT. Joining to update the community on Quipt is Aaron Warwick. But first, a disclaimer no one on this call is an investment advisor and no one is providing investment advice. This podcast is for information purposes only. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investors discussion app, which can be accessed via your browser at app.breakoutinvestors.com, or you can download the mobile app by visiting the Apple or Android app store. The application and much of the research content is free. Now to our topic, Quipped, ticker QIPT. Aaron, did I get the ticker right? And what's going on with Quipped? I understand you had a call with management recently. Uh, We are anxious for the update. Yeah, I did have a call with management. Uh, it went really well. It was actually something that was open to the breakout investor community. Actually, anybody that wanted to join it was open to, but the call was not recorded. Uh, it went extremely well. And I think there were some several valuable things that, that we learned from the company. The first thing that I would, would stress is that uh, despite the stock price, uh, like most small caps, Quipped has been hit hard here in the uh, 2022. Um, I think, you know, there's been the general market sell-off, but there's also been uh, an overhang that I want to talk about here later that's probably a big cause of that as well, related to convertible debentures. Uh, But in any case, uh, regardless of what the stock price has done, the company fundamentally is as strong or stronger than ever. Uh, They continue to project uh, earnings uh, to be the uh, adjusted EBITDA to be between 38 to $43 million uh, on a run rate annualized run rate by the end of the year, 2022 calendar year, their fiscal year is different, but the end of calendar year, 2022. Uh, and at that level, the stock is trading, you know, very, uh, in a, uh, very cheap right now. But uh, no, the business uh, continues to be strong. And I think there were uh, probably uh, a couple of key points to emphasize from that call. The first was actually what the CEO, Greg Crawford, did not say. And uh, with that, I would say that uh, Greg opened his call and his introduction uh, about the company uh, by noting that they have plenty of cash on their balance sheet, that they have plenty of cash from operations. And then, although their uh, current line of credit is only $20 million, he noted, as he's done several times in the past on public calls, that uh, they have sort of a soft agreement, you would say, with their bank to be able to raise that credit limit credit line to $100 million, which they're not doing right now because there would be some costs associated with it. And they don't want to do that until uh, such time as that money may be needed for acquisitions. And so I say all of this by way of introduction to say, again, what was important is what Greg did not say. Uh, Specifically, he didn't say anything about a capital raise, but just focused solely on the fact that they have uh, plenty of cash Uh, on their books, from operations coming in, and if needed, uh, on a line of credit. So I think this biggest fear that exists that uh, perhaps they would do uh, a capital raise for an acquisition uh, is something that he just didn't mention. We all know that that could happen if there was an acquisition that was worth it, but that's not really on their radar. Quipped has got a a business that's profitable. They're they're not like, you know, a, a a, a trying software company. They've, they've got a business model that creates positive operating cash flow. Um, and uh, they've, as you say, they've got plenty of cash and they've got a strong credit facility. So it, it's got nothing to do with 
supporting the existing operations. The only reason they would need cash is for acquisitions. And as you've highlighted, they've got they've, they've still got cash. They've got a $20 million line and they can take it to 100 million. Why would anyone think that they were going to raise cash? And I'm going to answer it for you because the company kept suggesting that that was always an option for them. You're saying he finally stopped saying that. Yeah, at least for the time being. Um, and, and even when the company said that, uh, I mean, I think they're just being transparent about their plans and the possibility that that could come. But when you talk to them and drill down on it, they've always been pretty clear that, you know, for, for a while now, they've been in good shape and, and that hasn't been needed. I think they just are extremely honest and transparent and don't want, you know, anybody to be surprised if yes, but something were to come they've along. They've got to understand, you know, that if, if they answer a question suggesting something is possible, Mr. Investor, Mr. Market is not going to discount it. He's going to say the reason they said a capital raise, equity capital raise is always possible is because they're thinking of doing it. Why else would they mention it? And I, right. I think what I'm hearing from you is they finally got over that footfall, that they're not making mm -hmm. the mistake of pointing out the obvious, because obviously right. any company can raise equity. There's no reason for them to voice those words if it's not right. going to happen. And it would benefit them to stop voicing those words. Yeah, I'll leave that for them to decide what to do. But it, the other thing I wanted to highlight that I think was extremely positive, and this relates to another concern that people have had as it, as, as it relates to acquisitions, and that is that the company would feel eventually feel a sense of pressure to make an acquisition to meet arbitrary numbers, uh, you know, or to meet arbitrary guidance that they might have. So in other words, they might force through an acquisition that that they shouldn't do so that they could meet what they said they would do by the end of calendar year 22, instead of meeting that a quarter later, waiting for a better opportunity. And so as it relates to that point, I asked um, the CEO, Greg Crawford again, about um, an LOI that they announced. And I asked, first of all, you know, why do you sometimes announce a letter of intent? And sometimes you don't, you just announce the acquisition. And they made it clear that uh, they follow a general guideline that they believe um, you know, if, if uh, they sign a letter of intent with a company that would represent 10% or more of their current um, revenue, then they, they believe that they have an obligation, that that's a material event, that they have to report that. So that makes a lot of sense. And you can go back and see the history of them doing that. They've, they've been following that principle. What the good news out of this that came out of that, I said, so there was an LOI that you guys signed at the end of 2021 that you announced. And that acquisition hasn't closed. There was actually two that they announced at the end of 2021. One of them has since closed. And they announced on the last earnings call that they had, you know, that this other one had not closed yet. And I probed about why that was. And, you know, long story short, uh, what, what the CEO said is that there were still some details that needed to be worked out. You know, they, they got into uh, looking at this other company and there were some things they wanted to get ironed out and make sure we're taken care of before the acquisition closed. And so, you know, what I got out of that is that this company is really conscientious about being a good steward of, of their capital, of not meeting, you know, trying to meet arbitrary uh, guidance of, of not just acquiring to acquire and not feeling pressured because, you know, they felt they had to put out the LOI, not feeling pressured to close the deal, being, a, being willing to say, you know, hey, we're going to walk away from this because it doesn't turn out to be as good as we thought. Or, hey, we need to work on some things that we didn't realize when we signed the LOI. And we're going to make sure that we're only doing this deal on, on uh, good terms. And so to me, that's really comforting as an investor 
um, that they're not just going out there and just arbitrarily buying companies and trying to raise their revenue and, you know, who cares how, how good the deal is, but they're actually very principled in what they're doing. Uh, you said um, that this was one of the best examples of Greg speaking to his business, making you comfortable. Uh, both of the uh, things that you've said are alleviating concerns of potential risks. So I assume he emphasized some positives and some opportunities going forward. Uh, what comes to mind there? Yeah, I mean, nothing, you know, earth shattering. I mean, it's it, they just continue to execute. And that's what's so frustrating, I think, as a shareholder to see the share price do what it's been doing is because the company, as I said at the beginning, is stronger than ever. Fundamentally speaking, they continue to execute. They continue. They have a number of acquisitions in the pipeline, he said, which is almost always the case for them. But he, he gave a little more. I don't want to say, you know, it was a private call. Uh, I mean, it, again, it was open to, to people, but he didn't want it recorded. So I don't want to go into too much detail, but he gave a, a good uh, idea, you know, of, of the number of companies they might be looking at at any given time and the, the different stages that they're in with these companies. And then I would point out that uh, an investor uh, goes by the name of Intrinsic Edge on breakout investors uh, noticed and post, posted over the weekend that um, Quipped has, uh, is hiring for some jobs in the San Antonio, Texas area. Well, you know, if you look right now, Quip doesn't have uh, any businesses in San Antonio. I, I followed up with the company today to ask about that and see if they had any comment about that. And, and you know, they um, seem to be excited that someone noticed and uh, said that all they can say at this time is, you know, they continue to execute on their business strategy. Uh, one of which, of course, is expanding their geographical footprint into new states. Texas, obviously a huge state, um, be very beneficial for the company to have a presence there. So, yeah, they just continue. And that's that was basically the tone of what Greg had to say on the call. They just continue to execute on this plan. And he pointed out, you know, I asked the question, how many uh, how many businesses are there for you to acquire potentially? You know, I mean, like not that they're all available now, but how many of these businesses in this you know, uh, $5 million to $15 million range are there. And there's, uh, by some estimates, there's 6,000 of those <laughs> out. And again, no, it's not that all of these are on the market right now, but the point being at, at doing, you know, 12 to 15 acquisitions a year, uh, you could do that for a long time and still have a lot of companies out there. So let, me, let me propose a summary, you know, and it's, it's, it's nothing new, but this, this company equipped has a great business model. They are executing it very professionally and diligently. Management is conscientious of um, its fiduciary duties to create value and not pursue business opportunity just because it looks good. Uh, your communication with them is uh, very strong. Uh, they're doing a great job of communicating about the business, something that I pointed out, by the way. Every time I talk to Greg, I, I, I think I compliment on how well he speaks to the business. Yeah, and so all, all that is left is to wait for the real value intrinsic to this company, value which is increasing as they continue to execute, including continuing to grow rather dramatically through a well-considered and well-executed uh, acquisition strategy uh, is recognized by the market. And that's why you and I both weight, uh, quipped overweight with price targets significantly above. Um, I just point out that that's a, it's, it's a subscription feature on the breakout investor platform. 
uh, folks can see not only what our research is, but what our valuation thoughts are for the company. And we're both very bullish on Quipped. And I'll leave that for you to comment on as we close. Go ahead. Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with what you said there. And I think that I, I wish I had thought of this earlier, but I, when the when the stock it actually held up at the beginning of 2022 fairly well compared to most stocks. And then over the last few weeks, it, it took a precipitous drop. And I thought, what's going on in the back of my head? I said, you know what? I remember there's some convertible debentures that are coming due. And I went and looked, and it turns out that on March 7th, uh, there are convertible debentures that if they reach a, a certain price, which is the Canadian $6.48 per share, they could be equipped, uh, could force the holders to convert to uh, common stock. I don't think it's a coincidence that on that exact day, the stock hit its low, which was right at that 520 per share Canadian, which is the conversion price. Uh, it, it, I think it dipped to 518 and quickly went back up to 520. And since then, the stock has recovered a little bit. But until we can have enough buying pressure to get above that $6.48 per share Canadian, uh, there, there could be a little bit of a headwind related to, the, to some hedging that's going on uh, with those convertibles. And so I think that explains, I don't think it was a coincidence that on March 7th, the date that the uh, conversion could have theoretically been forced that the stock went down and hit that price. So I think once we get past that, the stock's really going to be free to run. All right. Well, fantastic. I'm going to have to call 10 minutes. Thank you, Aaron, for everything. We are breakout investors. This podcast is meant as an easy on-ramp to understanding today's company and the research and collaboration we do. Please join us for discussion on Quipped and for other small and microcap names with catalysts on our discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com or via Apple or Android App Store download. The Breakout Investor 10-Minute Podcast is syndicated and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, listen, and give a five-star review. Some or all the speakers may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. The views in this podcast expressed are those of the speakers, not Breakout Investors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Neither Breakout Investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast and any liability, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, therefore is expressly disclaimed. No one on this podcast is an investment advisor. No one is providing investment advice. Before investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.